The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Everybody, welcome once again to the Wrestling Inc. Podcast. I'm Glenn Rubenstein. Tonight we're going to be talking about Monday Night Raw for December 19th, 2016. This is the Raw right after Roadblock end of the line. And I'm joined, as always, by Wrestling Inc. founder Raj Geary. And uh, Matt Morgan should be joining us here pretty soon. Uh, Raj, how's it going, man? We missed you on last night's Roadblock end of the line coverage. Yeah, it's, uh, it's going good. How about yourself? Doing well, doing well overall, although I have to say on the heels of last night's pay-per-view, which Matt and I discussed at length in our previous podcast, um, tonight was a bit of a tough raw to get through. It seemed to drag and drag and drag and then drag some more throughout most of the episode. I wonder creatively what went into those decisions. Did you have a better time with the show than I did? I did not. I thought it was a bad show tonight. There are a couple things here and there that I like, but overall, I thought this was for for a post-pay-per-view show. I thought this was bad. Well, and you know, it's not the storytelling. To be clear, I actually think there's some promise in uh, the storylines that they're that they're headed towards right now, and they're developing. Whether it's Neville um, coming back as a heel and being in with the cruiserweights, Bailey going up against Charlotte Flair, um, even what we're seeing in the tag division with uh, Sheamus and Cesaro now, maybe we're going to see a real run for Gallows and Anderson and a chance to put the belts on them. Um, I th- feel like there's a lot of good forward movement in the overall storytelling, but I don't know why they chose to do it all in the order that they did tonight starting with that segment between chris jericho and kevin owens now i clocked this because i was like is this going on forever well not actually forever but it was a good 19 minutes that opening segment went on and on and on talking about the plan to suspend chris jericho in a shark cage over the uh over the ring at at the royal rumble when kevin owens has his rematch with Roman Reigns. That was such a long segment. Matt Morgan uh, joining us here on the podcast. Matt, what did you think of that opening segment between Owens and Jericho with Mick Foley coming out? Good. Um, I caught Jericho whispering stuff to Mick that uh, Mick yeah. wasn't able to get out and Kevin kept stepping on. Um, <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I liked it. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I like pretty much everything they do. But, really? I, I mean, I agree with you, but I thought this was their worst outing like uh you know out there like i just thought like they just they were saying the same things a lot of times repeating themselves they just didn't and him getting in the cage and and it was so contrived and waiting for mick foley to lock it uh it just it it just looked like amateur hour like they were just winging it the minute they introduced that cage it brings us back to you know 70s wrestling you know what i mean 80s wrestling and you know, Chris being a huge fan, I have no question in my mind, put all of his heel faces on from the guys he saw before him do it and be put in that cage. Um, and Mick was, yeah, Mick, Mick, in my opinion, was the one on this that really was bombing. He looks good, though. He, he looks great. great, except that suit. He looked like a, a drug dealer from Saturday Night Fever with what he was wearing. <laughs> but, uh but yeah, he. I mean, he looks fantastic. Uh, it's it's unfortunate he's going to need a hip replacement surgery soon, so he's going to be mm-hmm. off. It's going to be off for a while. Yeah, um, that segment. I just think it was the length that it went on. I have no problem with that stipulation. I just think that I mean that was like a 19 minute segment to kick off the show, um, of just the back and forth and back and forth. And uh, I, I, you know, I like it when Raw starts with a bang, either with a really hot match or just something that someone comes out and is on fire cutting a promo. Um, mm. With this, I just, I don't know, it just really, you know, and we've talked about this before, Raj, you've described it as the awkward segments to watch when a non-wrestling fan happens to be around. And wouldn't you know it, it's the holidays. I got some family here. They sat down with me and my wife to watch Monday Night Raw. And man, by the end of that 19-minute segment, they were like, yeah, maybe we'll go to the movies. Maybe we'll do something else. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't make this mistake. I never let people that don't watch wrestling watch wrestling with me ever i've never done that yeah it's been a while since i have unless it's like a a wrestlemania or something i'll have have people over but that's about it well, that's the thing, though. I mean, you have to think about this from a programming point of view. I mean, especially when they talk about the ratings and the ratings, you know, something that's so obsessed over that first segment is really how you set the tone and, and hook people in. So I don't know. 
Yeah, and I thought uh, Foley just seemed off tonight. Uh, you know, he, you know, he got their city wrong when he was doing his cheap plug. Uh, it, I, I felt like it just set the tone for the rest of the night. It just nothing seemed uh, to flow smoothly. Mm-mm. Yeah, the backstage very... stuff. I'm sorry, the backstage stuff wasn't doing them any favors with as far as the pacing of the show goes. By the way, either. Yeah. Yeah, it was interesting. We'll so we're gonna, yeah, we're going to get in, go segment by segment, match by match, talk about everything that happened tonight. But first, want to let people know that this episode of the Wrestling Inc. podcast is brought to you by Skills. That's Skills with a Z. They're the worldwide leader in mobile esports. Play the games you love and win real cash prizes. Go to skills.com slash wrestling on your iOS or Android device. Again, Skills with a Z and download your favorite free games. When you make a deposit, Skills will double it. And when you use the promo code wrestling, you'll get an additional $10 in free bonus cash. That's skills.com slash wrestling. So we opened uh, with the segment between Owens and Jericho. The stipulation for the Royal Rumble is that Jericho will be dangling in a shark cage above the ring to keep him out of the hijinks when uh, Chris, uh, when Kevin Owens rather uh, takes on his rematch with Roman Reigns. So uh, after that segment, yeah, we uh, came back from that and went into a segment with Big Cass and Rusev, and that just immediately uh, devolved into an all-out-and-out brawl with Rusev winning by DQ. Um, so, so it looks like they're keeping this feud going, Matt. Do you think this is sort of the right path to go for, for Cass and Rusev right now? Hey, hey. Again, we have two big guys like that that you're trying to protect, well, trying to protect Cass. Um, I just think he needs to win. I, I, they need to carry the storyline out first and foremost, right? They, they can't just have it one and done. I don't think so, at least. Um, so they're just trying to stretch it, right, while making Cass look somewhat good. I thought it was good making him look aggressive. Um, I think he's still brand new and green and doing little things. Like when the ref was trying to pull him away at the end, like he was like grabbing his hair for like 10 straight seconds, but not really grabbing his hair. And like just holding his hand on top of his head for like 10 seconds. And I'm going like, is there something supposed to happen here? Like, what do you? Do? It looked uncomfortable to me. Um, but that said, he showed good aggression, and it, it did its job to what it's supposed to do: make him look pissed off, make him look like he's sticking up for his little buddy. Um, nobody cares that he lost by DQ. I'm not sitting there with my pen and paper and saying, oh, he lost by DQ. Um, but um, in the same tone, I just think he's if they believe in him so much, he needs to be running through people as well. So I, I, I don't know. I think it's weird that Enzo is out there. Shouldn't Enzo be the one that's going after Rusev and trying to get at him? Because he's the <laughs> one that got his ass kicked, right? I, I think uh, it's just foreknown, foregone that he that he's a puss and he can't <laughs> take him. I mean, absolutely. I guess. Yeah, he's just standing there watching while it's you know, uh, while it's big cast. That's the one that's all upset. It just yeah. seems like just keep Enzo off of TV while you're doing this. So it, it nah, makes sense he- why Cass is so upset. He's going to keep getting those solo segments like we saw tonight. I mean, they believe in Enzo as a comedy star. And I think that, you know, he's going to keep getting those beatings and doing uh, doing some interesting entertainment pieces while Cass actually has the the singles run. Um, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean, to your point, Matt, I know you give me a hard time for thinking that uh, Sami Zayn defeating Braun Strowman could be a believable match. But yeah, Enzo defeating Rusev? Like, I mean, come on. Like, that's yeah. a bridge too far, right? I don't know yeah. on what day of the week that happens um so you know it was good tonight i mean this seems like it's very clear how they're we're set up going into the next uh, bit going forward i'm sure we'll see Cass versus rusev at uh the royal rumble it seems like a pretty natural build right yeah do, I, I don't know do they keep it going five weeks um so, that's a long time i mean well i think the bigger question is that well actually no i mean it's not even a bigger question right because with roman reigns versus kevin owens set for the royal rumble that U.S. title is not going anywhere for the next five weeks. You know, um, no, no, they can. I mean, it's not for the so? U.S. title, right? No, it's not. But what I'm saying is I don't think they're going to put Roman in another storyline. And I think you need to tell I, a I thought story. they did tonight. I thought they which, did it with Braun. Which, you think so? Yeah, I could almost see them uh, putting the U.S. title on Braun. They, they need to get, I have a feeling that's exactly what they're going to do, Raj. They have to get that title off him going, well, definitely for sure going in the Mania. But um, I would like to have thought before the Rumble, too. Yeah, and I, I mean, I don't think Braun's going to beat Roman clean, but I, I, they did They did do that for a purpose tonight. You know, it's not going to be just forgotten next week. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of different ways they could go with that, and we'll definitely talk about that uh, when we get to that segment. 
from the show. But let's okay. So let's talk about this then in terms of what they're doing right now with Sasha Banks. Sasha Banks came out on crutches, knee wrapped up, looking like she'd been hit by a literal bus. Um, and that turned into a segment with Nia Jax, which looks like that's Sasha's feud going forward. Uh, Matt, do you think that's a smart move? I don't think the promo she cut was a smart move. She just completely <laughs> dis- buried herself. Yeah. You know, I mean, I get the whole idea. That when they came up with this this idea, you know what the forefront was. It was. Let's get as much sympathy on her. We don't need any more sympathy on her. There's real life sympathy on her by you idiots screwing her over time and time and time and time and time again. There's real life sympathy. So we don't need, and she's always the smaller of the two opponents, whoever she's working against. There's built-in sympathy for that as well. When the heat comes. So it's like we don't need her to go out there and make storyline sympathy about basically calling herself the non-boss um, and all these other things that she was saying about herself, you know, which is weird given her character and how her character was in NXT. It's just like what happened with Kevin uh, Owens going into the pay-per-view last night. Out of character, yet having these characters be out of character, doing out of character things right when they start to get some steam on them as far as we can predict their behavior, which is good. You want to predict their behavior when it comes to character development. Well, when, you know, Owens is sitting there knocking on Jericho's door and crying that he won't answer, it's like, no, Owens would never be like that. He'd be like, peace. He'd say something funny. He would he would not sit there and cry and whine about it like that. Not to that level. Um, but uh, same with Sasha. going yeah, out. There? Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. But, but same with Sasha. Going out there and, and completely going out of character and doing uncharacteristic things to make us go, why, you know, why, why are you saying this crap? Yeah. But as far as the few goes, I'm not interested in it. Sorry. Yeah. And it goes back to what we were saying about momentum, right? And you had Sasha lose cleanly last night twice, basically, because she tapped twice and you just, I, I felt like you saw it with the response with the fans. They know that she loses all the big matches and, and she got a, like a, she didn't get a big reaction when she came out. No, she did not. I mean, I think they're they're, uh, and I don't see her winning this feud with Nia Jax. So I think it's uh, it's uh, gonna be farther down the. Really? Yeah. <sighs> All right. Booking wise, it tell you know it, it it screams that Nia Jax has to win because she's new. She's a big you know big dog, whatever, big vicious heel. But there's something about it that I don't. They have to still see money in in in, in what's her name, in uh, Sasha. I hope. I mean. Uh, yeah, I don't know if they're how uh, keen they are on Nia though right now, right? I mean, it started with Nia and Braun each getting that squash match each week, yeah. and then Nia's sort of quietly dropped off the radar. I mean, we see Nia pop up every few weeks. She's had some pre-show matches, right? Um, some stuff go on, but I don't think they're as big on her as they are on Braun right now. Definitely not for yeah. many reasons, but um, I also think there's a disconnect. I'm having a disconnect with Nia. Um, not as a person, but, you know, as her characters, for instance. I still have a problem with her entrance. I have the worst problem in the world with her craptastic music, which I cannot stand. <laughs> um, it's the most unintimidating music ever. Her zoom in on her face shows that she has really pretty eyes. That's what I take from it. Um, that, and, then, and then it totally pans out to go, hey, it, first of all, pans in on her eyes to go, who is this beautiful woman that we're about to look at? And it pans out to... <clears throat> That's literally the reaction that I give every Monday night. Not because I'm mean, but because that's what's going on in my head. They, just, they don't me. dress her well. Her costume hey, is hey, not. Hey, I'm, hey, I'm, I'm not done talking. I'm not done talking. Oh, sorry. sorry. When I press the friggin' monkey talk button, you'll then talk. Oh, I apologize, Mr. Morgan, sir. Dude, I'm seven, I'm seven feet tall. I absolutely <laughs> can reach through cyber world and guzzle you around your neck. <laughs> But I digress. What, what I was trying to say was, is this, is that there's a disconnect and not being me, me being mean about it or her being overweight has nothing to do with it. It's just a disconnect from how they portray her when she first walks out. And that's so important. You have, Vince once told me you have three seconds when people are clicking through the channel to suck somebody in. Okay. I think that creates confusion to what we're about to see. And as soon as it zooms out, people are clicking the channel off. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Like, because they, they even bring up how she was like an oversized model and stuff like that. I think if you're building her as a monster, don't be bringing that up. It just, exactly. it, it just makes her seem makes her seem weaker. I don't know. But uh, it, I, I, I'm just, I just think it's kind of crap that Sasha, you know, has never really got a, a good run with the title. When, you know, the fans were behind her, she's been working hard. Her, I mean, her match with Bailey was better than her match with uh, Charlotte, you know, her Ironman match. So, uh, 
you know, it's, it's just, I think it's just too bad. Glenn called that night last night too. He thought that Iron Man, that, that the NXT Brooklyn match was better as well. Um, I, I, what I said to that was, do you think that don't, maybe because of the fans though, you know what I mean? They don't see the Brooklyn, you know, the fact that they go crazy over everything, then have anything to do with the. I could, yeah, it could be. I, I just remember it better. I haven't, I haven't watched it in a long time, but. Uh, yeah. And remember that full sale match. I mean, the takeover respect match yeah. when they had the thirty man, uh, thirty minute Ironman match. I mean, that was on the heels of Brooklyn. So I think, I mean, that rematch between Sasha and Bailey. I mean, come on, you couldn't have been more pumped for that at the time. And full sale. I mean, sat there, you know, captive. I mean, there was so much great storytelling in that match as well. I think that translating that to Pittsburgh last night, that that's a tough call. You know, that, that and that is a good point. What Matt was saying with the crowd reaction because the crowd was quiet most of most of last night whereas you know the nxt crowds were going crazy i mean i like last night's match i really really did and i know a lot of people didn't but mm. yeah i no, i thought it was it might have been the best match on the show other than the new day so. but you know yeah someone's bringing up karma i think i totally think that's how they should have built up nia Jax. more like exactly karma. yeah or the pun they had the blueprint they did it themselves already why not just yeah Yeah, that costume's never done Nia any favors. I mean, no. just the outfit. It's, just, it's bad. And I know they think they're making the best out of the situation, but I think it accentuates all the, in all the wrong ways. Um, it's just and, not. And that's honest, Glenn. We're not being mean about it. You oh, know, no, that, no, no, that, no. You know, that's 100% your, you know what I mean? Our opinion when we're watching. We know that's the fans' opinion, too. You know? Mean, us, we're not being mean about that. If somebody starts crying that we're being mean about, we're not. And that's the weird thing, right? I actually think like them doing the thing, the close up on our eyes, like they did in all the promos. It's like, because they're trying to hide it. It's like the WWE saying that we don't have faith in the idea that a woman that looks like, like a large percent, no pun mm-hmm. intended, a large percentage of real women look, we don't think that that's marketable. So we're just going to show, it's like the MySpace camera angle from back in the day. You know, <laughs> It's like, we're going to show you what we think. Well, let's focus on our eyes. She has lovely eyes. It's like, God, just own it. She owns it. WWE needs to own it. You know, I, I don't get trying. that. I don't get that. I think they're trying to show that she's pretty and then she's a monster. And that's like her, that's her entrance song, you know? So by starting with her eyes, she's got pretty eyes. And then you go into the whole thing. That, you know, I think that's their whole thing because they, I mean, they are trying to show her size for sure. So, they right. just had her in that same outfit since NXT, um, with different color configuration. At least I got rid of the collar. The worst was when they had the big collar and cape. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, I, I know I'm not the high prince of fashion, but uh, yeah, they gotta. I, I just want to see what the alternates were. Just let me see what, what the rejected ideas were. I'm sure one of them out there is salvageable. How does The Rock watch us not say anything? You know what I mean? Just shoot her a text and go, listen, that is the drizzling shits. You need shits. You need to get rid of it. I'll tell you how, because he doesn't watch it. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Um, But yeah, uh, so that's that's the storyline going forward there. We'll see how that turns out. Um, so we came back from that, uh, caught up with Cesaro and Sheamus. We got the debut of the new belts. Um, I mean, they look like the SmackDown belts only red. I think that's what they're doing now, right? They're basically the same belts, just on uh, different colored straps, ex- other than the U.S. and Intercontinental. So, because the world title looks pretty much the same too, just with the the red strap and the blue strap. It's silver versus that ugly, gaudy, goldish color that the tag titles or the latest tag titles were. I mean, nobody. The best part I wanted to get your guys' opinion on this was: Did you hear a pin drop when he unveiled? Ta-da! <laughs> nobody gave a crap. Not one person in America watching this went, "Wow, this is great." Nobody cared because nobody cares about the division. And not to mention those belts just are nothing special. Like you remember back in the day when they'd unveil a new belt, like the Smoke and Skull belt, and you oh, know when you had so Ric cool. Flair's world title. Those were so cool. You wanted one. You don't want. You don't want to buy one of these or like the the tag titles. Yeah, they, they suck. I do. Yeah, uh, we also had uh, the uh, segment with Braun Strowman. Uh, freaking out backstage that interrupted that saying that he wants Sami Zayn or else it was stipulated that Sami Zayn is a hundred miles from the arena tonight, which led Braun to just, you know, go on his rampage throughout the episode, which we'll continue to talk about. But now, so why, why is Mick Foley babying Sammy now? Wasn't the whole storyline last week that, uh, Sam, he wanted to get this fire out of Sammy and, and, and now he can face Braun and now he's back to, uh, treating him like a kid and protecting him. Mm-hmm. 
it's that it's that disconnect i keep telling you guys that it's happening more and more with each passing week with all their characters they're making them do out of character things that they just try to start to set the table with and then they yank the freaking you know tablecloth you know right off the table as quickly as they can the following week with making them do out of character things it's annoying yeah yeah i don't get it don't get it at all so they had uh cedric alexander up next in a match with uh the man with uh, matt morgan's favorite accent noam dar <laughs> i hate him i hate him glenn i don't like him sorry <laughs> uh cedric alexander won uh austin aries joined them to call the match i you know tonight between that and what they did with neville which we'll talk about in a, in a few segments i mean they're, they're really pushing 205 live raj how, what, how have you heard that show is doing on the network oh uh, they they don't release that kind of stuff but um it, I, I, so yeah i mean I, I haven't really been looking into it but i i should um but yeah i thought uh Man, the, the, the 50, foot, 50 bookings running strong in that cruiserweight division, right? Like every week now they're doing just reversing what happened, the result on 205 Live. So far. Yeah, like Noam Dar kind of squashed Cedric Alexander last week, and then this yeah. week you know, it was just back. It, they're, they're just running in place. This Alicia Fox storyline is pretty stupid too, but. Do you think, though, it gives it, the le- it gives it a little bit of leg, though, to take it semi-seriously? As far as the booking team goes, because they're using one of their divas, I can't believe I'm saying that. <laughs> I, yeah, I guess it gives them something. I think the Neville thing is a hundred times more effective. Awesome, than so yeah. good. Yeah, but we'll we'll, we'll get to that. <clears throat> yeah, it's uh, I don't know. With I mean, I, I, with Alicia Fox, it's a step down for her just to have her be sort of the. Uh, <laughs> At least she's on TV. That's true. <laughs> <You know. laughs> I think that, I mean, you know, look at Curtis Axel. I'm sure he's thinking like, oh, man, I wish I was in Alicia Fox's position. Look at Emma. Yeah. (laughs) Well, actually, you know, Matt now refuses to acknowledge that Emma exists until they actually debut her. Yes. She does not exist. Yeah. Um, So, okay, so we have to this. Man, this was another one of those segments just went on for so long. Uh, Cesaro and Sheamus, the New Day, interrupted by Gals Nanderson, and then the Shining Stars – um man all that hope and optimism i had last night for where the tag division is going i don't know if i'm feeling that after this segment um i mean matt what did you think of the, of the match itself well first of all glenn were you excited shining stars was on tv you know i i think i turned a corner a while ago that actually i started hating them so much i started liking them i don't know how that oh, okay. worked out yeah that's respect we respect their work we respect their yeah. heel their heel tactics um <laughs> i don't know i mm. I don't like the. I hate to say this. I don't like the, the parties in the match. I don't. I, I think they've been buried too much to where I again. I'm going. I'm watching this because we got to do the podcast. I've got to be able to talk about it. But if I'm being a normal viewer, I'm not watching it. I'm watching on my DVR and I'm fast forwarding this match until the very finish, just to see how the finish comes off. Yeah, I thought I thought like New Day and and Cesaro and Sheamus they were fine for a little bit when they first came out and they were doing their promos. And then Cesaro and Sheamus I thought they were getting a little long in the tooth with kind of you know going back and forth. They were overdoing it a bit. Then Gallows and Anderson came out and with their whole calling them nerds and all that kind of stuff. It <laughs> you know it was just it was just lame and it was just and then when you when you thought it was dying. Uh, when you thought it was dying, then you hear the Shining Stars music hit, you know? And then at that point, it was like, man, if I didn't, you know, if I wasn't doing this for, for a living, I'd be switching to Monday Night Football. Yeah. The nerds thing, like, who is that? Now, Matt, you could tell us, is that is that uh, Vince's sense of humor coming yeah. through with that? Yes, or much worse. And this happens more times than not. And Vince keeps getting blamed for these kind of things, is some idiotic writer that thinks he knows Vince's vision and thinks he knows Vince's vocabulary and thinks he knows what Vince would want to see or hear. That's where I think nine out of 10 of these mistakes happen. I really do. Yeah. God, they sounded so, they sounded nerdy saying that word. Like who says that word? Like yeah, you really mean, make fun of somebody nowadays. I always thought it was kind of like a compliment nowadays in 2016. No, like chicks are in the nerds or I dig, nerd. I don't know, crap like that. I don't hear somebody go, oh my God, what a nerd. Nobody, nobody talks like that. <laughs> Ogre from, what's the show? Uh, Revenge of the Nerds. Revenge of the Nerds. You know what I mean? Like, that's a lot. Of, nobody talks like that anymore. Yeah, it was odd. It was very odd. I just mean, you know, I, I know the WWE is often guilty of lazy writing, but that was just like, wow. 
<laughs> yeah, that just killed the whole thing. And and man, th- I mean, this is all they got. They need some new blood up there because it's been the same four tag teams and, and Golden Truth for uh, it seems like just forever. Glenn, what were we saying last night? What were we saying? Who we want to see coming from NXT? Uh, the revival. Ah, man, them versus Sheamus and, and, and Cesare. You at least got a hell of a tag title picture. Yeah, uh, I mean a- that, that's it though. Yeah, I mean, they could, I think just less comedy in the tag segments. Let them take it seriously. Let's do some real tag team wrestling. And the Revival are the perfect duo for that. Has there been too much of it, though, where these guys can't come back, Raj? What's your take? With, with who? With As far as Gallows and Anderson, um, everybody, the Shining Stars, um, everybody in the tag division, Golden Truth, is it too far past the point of no return to where people can – if they start booking them serious right now, all those guys I just mentioned, they're all getting wins somehow on TV every Monday Night Raw, let's say. You know, I think I think if they just traded Gallows and Anderson for like American Alpha, it would give Gallows and Anderson a spark, be back with AJ, the club is back. I mean, that was working. They, they had no reason to really split it. And I think that that would just give them the spark to get, it, to get them back. I mean, I think that's all it takes. But on Raw, I mean... I feel like they're just running in place, and I don't, I don't see what they can do to to kind of change that right now. And why is Raw always the show that they do all these corny little like uh, these gimmicks on? You you know what I mean? Like when the holidays come, there's a ho 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 match, or you know what I mean? It's like something corny, more so on Monday Night Raw than it is on SmackDown. Why is that? That's true. I think they just have a lot of time to fill. So so when you're Gallows and Anderson, you're in this tag division that they don't care about. You're stuck doing crap like that, and it kills them. They would be awesome on SmackDown. That would be a great idea. Yeah. And Gallows with that pumpkin on his head on Halloween. Yeah, <laughs> Can't get that image out. No, it's not fitting on his fat head. That's the best. Him part. holding it in place. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they gotta do they gotta do something just to change it up a bit. Um, but it'll be interesting where they go from here. I mean, I I just want to see New Day out of the title picture for a while. Let's do something completely different. You know, hopefully, let New Day have some segments with Golden Truth and Shining Stars for a couple <laughs> weeks. <laughs> you know, let comedy be comedy, and that's the thing, man. It's like, but the, you know, SmackDown has the same problem. It's like, why do the tag teams have to be all gimmick based and comedy based? Whereas in every other title picture, we've got real stories and real fully fleshed out characters who are funny, but that's their their charm and charisma is part of their character. Their gimmick doesn't define them. Eh, you still, I mean, we had the, uh, you know, this, this, this backstage stuff with Enzo. So you, you still got that too. Yeah. Well, but again, Enzo's in a tag team, you know, he's, he's got, well, although, you know, the re- part of the reason Enzo and Cass are great is that their gimmick, I don't think their gimmick defines them. It's really about who Enzo is as a performer and a mouthpiece. Um, you know, you can put him in anything and it just sort of works, but, uh, we'll get, we'll get to more of what happened with Enzo in a moment. Um, yeah, so we had the recaps there. We had um, Neville. Let's see, do we? Was the Neville segment next after that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So. yeah, so we had Neville come out, um, confrontation with Rich Swan, and then Brian Kendrick came out. So they basically were setting up a match for 205 Live that's going to be happening there. But Matt, this is what we talked about last night. Neville's coming back, he's been looked over, abandoned by creative and the fans, and now we've got heel Neville. Um, I thought he was okay on the mic tonight. I know that's not his strongest suit, but I think that aggression and anger, at least to me, seemed to be coming from a real place. Yeah. Um, I was telling him last night, Raj, I was talking to Glenn about, like, uh, have a disconnect at times with some of the foreign speaking, you know, foreign speaking, but like the, the, the British or Irish um, superstars that have thicker accents. I always wondered if the normal fan has a disconnect with that, understanding them as much. Like Cesaro has at times. It depends, like, cause yeah, yeah, I heard you talking about that, but then you had like Bad News Barrett, who just sounded awesome with it. Yeah, you know, so, yeah. yeah. So it's it's how you use it, you know. It's your delivery. I think any any language, your delivery. If you don't have that, you know, and, and Neville, I thought this was the best thing on the show. I thought Neville showed a lot of fire. He, he at times he was trying to be a little over dramatic, like overdoing, like when he every kept running to the ropes when trying to deliver the big uh, the big line. But I thought he was. I mean, this just I feel like. Uh, re-energizes that cruiserweight division because it was just it was just dying. It, it was, and let me be clear to everyone watching this. I that's one of my favorite segments of the show. I love we love the fact that Neville's a heel final and they're doing something big with him. And he 
Now he, I was saying last again, last night I was saying this. He looks like an athlete. Yeah. When he comes in the ring, he looks like somebody special. I don't give a crap if he's one foot tall. He looks special. He looks like an athlete. He's got a dope entrance. Um, and now he's got such freaking heat on him. Like he is, you could feel it. Like he is heat. You can tell he's pissed off. He's heated. He's been held down. And that's sometimes the best way to just let a wrestler go out there and, and speak their mind. I know we've seen it a million times about being held back, but a lot of times they do it with the wrong guys at the wrong time. Not when the guy really needs to come out and talk about it. Dolph Ziggler could have done that at one point, and they didn't let him do it at the right time, and he missed his window of opportunity. Yeah, I agree. And, and Neville just—I mean, with the beard and everything—he just and not having that stupid cape now, he looks like a <laughs> badass, you know. Yep. Yeah. Well, and with Neville, it's not fake, right? This isn't like, oh, you see me on TV every week, but I'm being held back. It's like, no, literally, when's the last time you saw <laughs> Neville on TV? <laughs> Yeah, man, that creative is, forgot, right? Yeah, it's as legit yeah. as it gets when it talks to being overlooked and forgotten. Uh, so we're going to keep now, going. Now, real, real quick, oh, though, uh, TJ Perkins was buried oh, pretty bad yeah. in this segment. Does that mean he's winning the title? Because usually it means <laughs> you're in the doghouse or you're winning the title. Because they buried yeah. Ziggler like this last week, and they, only for him to come back and win the number one contenders match. So uh, I hope not. I hope it just it was just burying him for the sake of burying him this week. But he, 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 he got punked out pretty bad. And I liked it because Neville, it just made level, Neville look that much stronger. Yeah, made him more badass. It did. Yeah. I thought with Perkins, it was kind of like somebody in creative went like, oh, yeah, and let's put TJ in that too. You know, just kind of like. Well, that's the, that's the main event for tomorrow night for 205 yeah. Live. It's TJ and, and uh, Rich Swan against Neville and, and uh, uh, Brian Kendrick. Brian Kendrick, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, they're and that's good, right? I mean, they're giving Neville this this turn and this push, but at the same time, they're going to use him to help elevate some of the other guys. Although, man, like if if those other three guys in the match aren't elevated at this point, then the entire cruiserweight thing has been a failure. I mean, this all, these Rich Swan, Kendrick Perkins, like that's ninety percent of what we've seen from the cruiserweights. <clears throat> but we- see, I would say slow it down a little. He just came back. You're already having him wrestle Rich Swan, you know, in the ring with Rich Swan. Have him destroy. Noam Dar or somebody like that, you know, tomorrow night, you know, give him a couple wins, like just looking, you know, uh, looking dominating before you're putting him in the ring with Rich Swan already, you know, the let truth, it, let it simmer. The, the truth is that's the way it should be. But unfortunately I don't necessarily think they, the big like Vincent and whomever right underneath them. I don't think they see as anybody in that roster any different from the other. I, I think they think they're all the freaking interchangeable and the same. And that's what it comes across as to throw that match out there tonight, just like that. What? Like we like watching the cruiserweights when they're being given a good opportunity. I would have loved to have seen that, in a, you know, in a, in a bigger stakes situation where it's been built up properly and Rich can get some, you know, can get something out of it as well. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. And I, I think that's pretty dead on your point about, I think pretty much everyone other than Roman, <laughs> you know, Ben uh, <laughs> sees this interchangeable. Yeah, it is. Yeah, kind of crazy. So uh, we're going to talk about what Enzo went through on tonight's episode. Talk about Bailey versus Charlotte and the tag match Owens and Jericho versus Reigns and Rollins. But first, I want to take a moment and thank our sponsors. As I mentioned, this episode is brought to you by Skills. Skills let you play the mobile games you love and win real cash prizes. Matt, we were talking about this last night. We both play games on our phone, right? I mean, you do it to kill time. You do it when yeah. you're out and about or just when you're sitting around watching Monday Night Raw. You're on your phone playing games, right? Absolutely. They're nonstop. Even during the shows I watch. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's something about multitasking, right? It's like you have to keep your brain extra active sometimes. And yeah. uh, every skills game is free to play. Now, what's really cool is that you also have the option of competing for real cash prizes. You can actually win real money playing games on your phone through skills. That's skills with a Z. Uh, in fact, you can win up to $100 in a single tournament with entry fees as low as a penny. And Skills has a variety of games for iOS and Android devices, including puzzle games, bubble popping, bowling, pool, solitaire, trivia, and more. And in addition to tournaments, you can go head to head with other players. Skills will match you up with a similar skill level. So the competition is always fun and fair. Compete whenever you want and win cash prizes for playing the games you already love. I got to tell you, I've been checking this out for the last week. I've already won 100 bucks playing bowling on uh, Skills. It's- How much did you start with? 
How much I started, I deposited $20 and I've worked it up to $100 at this point because you know what it is? And this is what I always used to think playing these mobile games is it's like, oh my God, I figured out how to bowl a perfect game in this. I figured out how to bowl <laughs> yep. a strike. And it's like, oh, if only there was a way I can make money at this. And now there is with skills. And bowling is just one of the games they have. I'm telling you, everyone out there, uh, download it on your phone. Go to skills.com. That's S-K-I-L-L-Z dot com slash wrestling check out the list of games there download them give them a try and when you're ready and you make your first cash deposit skills is going to double it and when you enter the promo code wrestling when you make that deposit you'll get an extra ten dollars in free bonus cash on top of that so check it out at skills.com slash wrestling and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. Also want to thank, we were talking about earlier, DDP Yoga, DDPY. Look at Mick Foley. Look how great he looked tonight. The man has dropped 100 pounds, gotten himself in the best shape he's been in in years. And how did he do it? DDPY. DDPY has changed countless lives. Guys like Mick Foley, Jake Roberts, Scott Hall, Chris Jericho. Look how great he looks DDPY is the way he got there. And if you've been thinking about taking control of your own health and fitness as we head towards 2017, DDPY is having their biggest sale ever, their Ho 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 holiday sale, which is already underway. You can get 25% off DDPY DVDs plus three months of full access to the DDP Yoga Now app. Or if you're a digital-only kind of person, you can get the DDP Yoga Now app for 25% off. You can also buy a Max or Combo Pack for 25% off and get an additional one for 50% off. So get one for yourself. Get one as a gift. But we talked about this last night. Partner up with a friend. Hold each other accountable. Do DDPY in 2017. And both of you, you know, use the buddy system to get your health and fitness on track with DDP Yoga. So if you've been on the fence thinking about starting on it, now is the time to get on board. Head on over to ddpyoga.com slash wrestling inc. Stop procrastinating and get started now. And we thank DDPY for sponsoring the show. So let's talk about uh, these Enzo segments. I mean, just this was pure comedy. Uh, it ended where it looks like it might be setting something up. Uh, but what did you think about the idea of Enzo Amore goes to sensitivity training? Just, just as a, a concept, uh, was, it, was it worthy of his talents, as it were? Matt? Promising, but horrible. I didn't like any of them. <laughs> I didn't like his jokes. And he's a funny dude. And they managed to find a way to make him not funny and tell non, uh, what's the word, jokes that just kept missing. Yeah. Like he did that. I'm sorry, Raj. Did I not hear him really quickly throw out a Rodney Dangerfield? I get no respect around him. Like he was throwing out so many corny. Uh, <laughs> I, I man, I, it's bad when Jinder Mahal got the best of him. You know, like he got the biggest reaction. Yes, he did. Yeah, when he did. He's when in his he, own when, yeah, so that was. Uh, but I, I did like Enzo. Enzo had one good line where he said he's already certified. When you know, like towards the end. But it, Enzo is becoming like. Uh, Kenny from South Park. He just dies every episode. <laughs> yeah, like they just destroy this guy on every show. He got pummeled. Did you see the way the Rusev shoot through him? Yeah. Oh, like he didn't even have a grip on him all the way. And he just threw him into that uh, easel. Like there's a brick wall behind there. Like it was obvious to see. Like yeah. there was nothing protected about that. Yeah. So I guess they're getting gender in there. So Enzo has someone to beat because uh, they keep <laughs> they keep having him lose every week. So and you know. It's it's something, I guess. Well, we had, go ahead, sorry, Go Oh, I was saying we had Bo Dallas and uh, Bob Backlund and Darren Young in there, so it's like they're not completely forgotten. I was hope I had hope for those two actually. I was hoping is you know I was hoping to see more from them. Yeah, yeah. I swear to God, it was. If anything with Bob Backlund in that type of setting could have been really good fun. It could have been fun. Yeah, not so much Bo. <laughs> when oh, that segment started. Okay. I turned to my wife and I was like, this has, the, just before they, they got going, just when he walked in there, I was like, this had, when I saw who was sitting in that class, I was like, this has the potential to be the funniest thing they've done in ages. And then, nope, that did not live up to its potential at all. I mean, yeah, you're absolutely right, Matt. Those jokes were just bad with the, you know, take your chair. I mean, just all that yeah. was very odd. Yeah, it was because, yeah, I was the same way, Glenn, because when I heard it, I was like, Normally this would be lame, but Enzo's in it, so this this has the you know potential to be great, and then it just never got going. I wonder if they wrote for him in this one. You know what I mean? If they wrote for him, yeah, it seemed like it seemed like WWE writer comedy. It for did. Sure. It's just it's odd. I like I wonder who they have that's doing like the the comedic stuff right now because at times they've had I mean you know what I mean like I know it's hit or miss right like everything is, but at times and and when you learn later. 
like you learned that years ago, like like Ron Funches, you know, as a comedian, did some writing for the WWE. You go, okay, Ron Funches, it's a really funny guy. That makes a lot of sense. So it's like you wonder if they have real comedy guys or these are just you know the the bookers or what they think is funny or if it's Vince or whose voice it is. But yeah, great premise, terrible execution. Someone's bringing up like why was Enzo out of his locker room naked in the first place? Someone had brought that up in the comment <laughs> section too. All right, that makes no sense. I remember it. Cass kicked him out. Cass was playing a joke on him and pushed him out of the locker room. Oh, he pushed him out? I thought he was just out and was going back in, but the door was locked. Uh, that's what okay. we would really do to one another, by the way. So, I mean, <laughs> that's viable, Glenn, if that's really what happened. That's what they set it up as at the time, is that he was knocking the door saying, Cass, let me in, let me in. And Cass wasn't letting him in, so he was just walking around naked backstage. Uh, <laughs> you know? Yeah, so it's good to know that that's actually based in truth. Um, you know, that things like that do actually happen. But yeah, just man, like it was nice to see Bo and Bob and Darren and even Jinder Mahal. But yeah, so, you know, we don't need to talk about the repeats of this segment because it did go on for a while. Um, but yeah, it does look like now Enzo and Jinder might be, uh, might be a, a little mini feud we're going to get while Cass is with Rusev. So. And man, that slap from Lana, that was, that was stiff. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Oh, man. Like it's just. Okay, you know, he's on TV. This is why they're not putting him in a studio's production. You know, this is what they see the best use for him. Um, just be- give him better material or let him write his own. Um, yeah, that's, yeah that's I, I trust him. I would trust him by now. I, I really would. Yeah. On a lot of things. Maybe not everything, but a lot. Yeah. Um, so this was interesting in one of these matches that didn't actually happen. Sinkara versus Titus O'Neil. Um, they got, what? one move off before Braun Strowman came out? <laughs> that, that's, that was more than enough for me. So I was, <laughs> I was, I was pleasantly that. surprised with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but, was good, but let me ask you this though, Matt. So we've talked before about what you do with Braun because he's a big guy. I mean, Titus is almost as big as Braun is, right? Does that sort of negate the giant factor if you're going to put him in a segment like this? Uh, it... It's not the best. If they're trying to make Braun look humongous, you don't put a six foot six, two hundred and fifty pound, you know, guy in the anywhere near him. But I think they're past that point as far as how tall Strowman is and how big he is. I think we all now know it, right? We all we all gather what we the perception of how big he is. Um, but if you ask, what are you asking? Like as far as should he be able to put up more of a fight? What do you mean? Yeah, it's, it just seems like kind of odd. If you want to show the dominance of Braun Strowman, like a guy like Titus, I think size-wise, it just seems like an odd choice. I mean, Sin Cara, sure. But it, I, thought, I thought it was actually better that way because now no. you have him dominating big guys, not just the little guys. Has been, they've been doing that forever. So now you, know, you kind of progress to that, to, uh, to the bigger guys. So I, I actually like that. Titus versus Braun, I actually think would be an interesting match for Braun to win. I think with that, you could do something where it's a little like like Rocky Four, like the idea like you have, you know, Apollo Creed, someone that's like Titus who comes out as flashy, who's doing all these things, and then just gets whooped by Braun. I think that would be actually a pretty good match. He's got to, yeah, walk right through him. Yeah. 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 Um, so that uh, was was the setup for what we would see in the main event. But we went from that into Charlotte coming out and addressing the crowd. And then Matt, as we predicted, predicted last night, looks like Bailey versus Charlotte. They're doing the buildup now. Um, what did you think of this this first match tonight? And do you think it was wise for them to put them immediately into a match after that confrontation? What, what was going on besides Monday Night Football? Just because it's the holiday, I'm, I'm trying to think to myself, why would they throw that out there right away tonight? That's what I kept thinking. I was like. I can't believe Charlotte accepted this. You know what I mean? I kept, cool, I'm going to get to see this awesome match. But booking-wise, business-wise, I kept questioning it, you know? I think it's just to remind people that Bailey can beat Charlotte. Was That was the whole thing. But, I mean, this was on during halftime during uh, Monday Night Football tonight. I mean, why, why give it away with no build is what I'm doing. Oh, yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, they they do that all the time, though. <laughs> just so like Matt, Sorry. Yeah. No, Matt, let me ask you this. Okay, so from a performer's point of view, if you're Charlotte and you had a pay-per-view on Sunday and then you have this tonight, how do you prep for that? I mean, is there any way you can put on two amazing matches like that with two different opponents back-to-back? Because I felt like that's what it was suffering from is that we had Bailey versus Charlotte, but this wasn't the type of match that they're ultimately going to put on. It felt a little sort of haphazard and thrown together. There was a lot. Some of that's Bailey trying out new things. Like mm-hmm. that, that 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 thing where she goes around there and crap what like that. What the hell was that? She needs to stop that. She looked like a goof doing that. She was like spinning, made herself dizzy. It's like, wait, I, 
don't know. know. I, I felt like I couldn't cheer for her after that. No, it, it wasn't good at all, that part. You know what I mean? And so I don't know. There's little things like that that, that do draw back the – this could be a phenomenal good match, you know, great match. Um, but that was like, yeah, that was one of those brain farts that just that kind of stuck with me for the next two more minutes of the match that I kept taking back to, which is taking me out of the action mentally. Yeah. And they never made it clear this was non-title, right? Like when she accepted. I mean, they never said it was title either, but, you know. I was just very surprised Charlotte accepted. You know what I mean? I, I really was. Yeah, she should be like uh, – I just, you know, I just beat the top woman. I've beaten everyone. I'm done, you know, and just and have have like, you know, Foley and and Stephanie try to have to force her to face Bailey, then have Bailey beat her, and then lead to a title match. Or, you know, yep. progress that way. But you know, I don't know what else they could have put on because they had everyone on this show. So I don't know. Maybe they felt like they had nothing else. Yeah, I just think for the sake of the division and the storyline going forward, they both need to look amazing to captivate people's attention, you know, to really hold it. And I just thought tonight that was the thing I felt was just like a little subpar by the standards of what we know Bailey and Charlotte are capable of. You hey, know? Glenn, you know what I think is going to end up happening is because, unfortunately, they did her wrong when they brought her in, um, Bailey. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this angle versus Charlotte is finally going to get Bailey to where we were hoping she would be when they first brought her in as this big NXT women star, right? Yeah. Um, and I think we'll finally have the big three on Raw. I really do. Um, but it's going to take this angle, depending on how long it is with Charlotte, if it lasts long enough, this could be the one that brings Bailey up. And they've yeah. got to get rid of a lot of excess stuff that Bailey's doing right now to protect her from herself a little bit in the ring. Yeah, yeah I, I definitely to hope to see that happen because they need, they need more depth in that division. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, steps forward, steps back, it feels like, depending on how they play all this out with both Sasha and Nia and then Charlotte and Bailey going forward. Um, okay, so we have the main event, Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins versus Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho. Now, this was a tag match, um, and we, we mentioned it earlier, but interrupted by Braun Strowman, who then proceeded to uh, attack both uh, Reigns and Rollins, leading to a uh, win by DQ for Reigns and Rollins. So... To me, you know, this seemed like storyline-wise, okay, like this is now Braun is is going to dominate Raw going forward for a week or two, um, as you know, until he gets what he wants with Sami Zayn. Um, but I, I thought that, like that was just a real show of confidence, right, in Braun Strowman to have him interrupt this match between all the top guys. Yes, we're halfway there, but until I see him go through a Seth Rollins mm-hmm. cleanly that's when I will be like, it's obvious they love him. It's obvious they like him. They're hoping for the best with him. But we, I'm one of them. There's been a million big guys that they, you know, start and stopped, you know, when they puss out at the last second and don't get that big guy to the finish line, right? When they're building their most momentum. I'm hoping that that's what they keep doing with him. He's going to need a big win on these guys, on a Reigns, on a, on a, on a Rollins, um, to be to where they want him to get to. You know what I mean? Um, I know as they mean wins don't mean as much as they do, but for someone like him, they absolutely do. I mean, and they know they do because they're not having Braun going 50-50 with these guys. You know, like when they're giving somebody a legit push, they're having him win all the time, whether it's Rusev in the past or Bray Wyatt. When they're building someone, they know that you don't trade wins back and forth and wins and losses do matter. They, 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 they just don't matter when they don't think of you as a larger-than-life star anymore. And they made him look bad last night with that whole 10 minutes thing with Sami Zayn, by the way. that They booked himself in a corner with that, I thought. I was happy for Sami, but at the same time, they made him look like an idiot. They made him slip on a five, like, I'm sorry, three banana peels, maybe four banana peels in a row. He looked like the biggest buffoon. Yeah. Like, you know, it, it didn't make him look good at all. And only- yeah, I have a feeling that we got a squash camp coming for Sami soon. So, um, <laughs> you know, that's... Uh, but you know, I, I I I do think I don't I don't know. Would you put the U.S. title on Braun? Yes, yes. You think he's the right guy to look to, uh, for oh. Roman to lose it to right now? For Roman to lose it to, yes, I do. Yeah. I really do. I think Roman's gotten plenty of friggin' opportunities. He's had plenty of wins over guys when we were asking the same question when it was with Reigns at the time on his way up, right? Yeah. Uh, when he was red hot actually at the time. That said. It's, you know, it, he can do the favors as well, you know, and get this guy over and get him and try to bring him up to the level and make another star. Yeah. 
I wonder though. So at what point though, if they do that, do you think that's that's putting him almost like on a Ryback? sort of career track though at a certain point if they were to give him the u.s title um and then they're just going to start pairing with smaller guys until you have a smaller guy that beats him well it depends you know the u.s title and intercontinental title always used to be the belt that got the guy to the next step mm -hmm. so if they use it in that way uh then it's good with ryback they were putting him on the pre-shows and stuff like that so yeah. you know it, it just depends on how you're using it if you're using it to build someone uh I think it's definitely a, a good way to go. But if you're just using it as filler because you have nothing else for them, uh, then it's not. But it's obvious they have plans for Braun. No, I think it'll be interesting to see what happens with it. Uh, aside from all that, I mean, what did you think of the, the tag yeah, match leading up to that? I like the match. Anything with those guys are in it, it's going to be great. I thought the heat on Roman was, a, was, was way too long. Um, way too long. And, and, and Roman needs to do a better job of keeping himself alive. Um, he was in the corner there for, I could have counted almost five straight minutes and not just because Jericho and, and, and Kevin Owens kept him in the corner, like good heels are supposed to do. They cut the ring off and put him on the heel side of the ring and double team him in the corner and things like that. I'm not talking like that. He on his own was selling in that direction too, for some reason. Um, and it just kept going on and on and on. But what was, what was cool? I did hear baby face, you know, Roman reactions, yeah. um, for a minute there. That was pretty cool. I thought. Um, but uh, as far as the match goes again, KO is effing hilarious. Yes. Dude, you guys go back and watch. I'm going to go back after this and watch it because I thought he was so funny. Um, doing, you know, deadpanning the camera, waving to it, um, uh, talking, telling Jericho, and he's slapping him in the face. He's going to slap him harder. No, harder. No, harder. He's like, wait, be careful. You're going to get conditioner all over your hand. You're not going to like it, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> he's doing all these funny things in there. He's so funny. And he may always make sure like it's loud enough for the camera to hear, and and you know it's not wasted. Like he, it sounds like he's saying it, you know, on the side, but he's doing it loud enough that you you catch it. Which you know I, what's I think is great. You know what's important, guys. You ever hear wrestlers to use the term of heels need to learn how to change gears in the match? Mm -hmm. A good heel could change gears. Kurt Angle's the best at this. Chris Benoit was very well was one of the best at it too. It's one two. The babyface kicks out of your stuff. You're supposed to turn it on big time with you mount him and start, you know, ricocheting punches off his head or stomping on him. You're turning up the heat. Every time Kevin Owens gets tagged in, Roman Reigns had a little bit of a shine in there where he kind of knocked Owens off the apron, started trying to come back on Jericho. He got tagged in and KO cut him off immediately and just turned up the heat. KO is phenomenal at changing gears and that is a sign of a very good heel. He's, he's excellent in the ring. I wanted to ask you this, Matt, as a wrestler. Uh, with Roman, with his selling, I feel like watching him, I feel like he he sells fine, but then mm -hmm. I'm, I lose interest while he's selling. I don't, I can't tell what it is because he. We don't. We're not used to seeing big guys sell that long. Is what I really think. Somebody once told me that when I was at TNA, maybe Pat Kent, one of the agents told me that, and I was like, "What happens if it's like I'm like talking Jeff Hardy selling? Like I'm really selling my my butt off, you know?" He's like, "I just don't think people. I think they lose interest." When there's a guy your size or, or Roman size in this case selling to where it's just like okay let's just go already, and I was like I, I don't know I, I think though it has a lot to do with the person and how they sell. Like Jeff Hardy can get away with that, and certain baby faces can't. They didn't do Roman any favors putting that much heat on him tonight, and I don't mean heat with him getting his ass his butt whipped. I mean as far as the length of time it was lasting, it was too long. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and that, I thought that hurt the match. I just felt it like it, it just made it feel like it dragged. It did. KO is only – I thought he was the most entertaining part of it with his – well, Jericho as well. But, you know, KO's comments, you know. <laughs> and, and the Braun thing, at least it was – you weren't oh, yeah. expecting it. So that at least it was something different. So I thought, I thought that that was, a, a, you know, a positive. Yeah. But it's kind of weird, though, last night having the match M by DQ and the tonight having an M by DQ. So it's this idea that we're really not going to see who's better between Roman Reigns or Kevin Owens in any configuration until the Royal Rumble. I'm sure you'll have I'm sure they'll have Reigns pin him in a couple tag matches and stuff on the way. That's 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 what they do. It's just I mean, do you guys think it's a mistake that they're calling that out as like the big main event for Royal Rumble right now? I mean, it sort of locks them in storytelling wise for where they're going for uh, the next five weeks. Well, it's not going to be. Uh, the so? big storyline is going to be the Rumble itself because you got Goldberg and Lesnar already in there. So that's going to be the focal point. 
this is just kind of fleshing out the rest of the card. I, I, I think I, I can't see this getting more attention than that. Well, I'm talking about like of the Royal Rumble pay per view, Bobby. Just mean what we're, this is like foretelling what's to come on Monday Night Raw. It's like okay, okay, so this is the main event title picture for the next five weeks. This is what we're gonna see in the women's picture. Like we have everything's on rails now going forward. This is, I mean, this is the planned match. I think even after the Royal Rumble at live events is uh, Roman versus Kevin Owens. So that's that that's that's the match you know going for the foreseeable future now a couple guys are asking in the comment section you know is it going to be aj or undertaker or aj and cena at the rumble and uh i'm i'm almost it doesn't almost it doesn't seem like taker's coming back anytime soon am i missing something that's happening on smackdown because i'm unable to see it like why why aj's taker is there something well, Taker, he came back a, a few weeks ago. I saw that. I yeah, that. and he, he kind of hinted that he would be wrestling again before Mania. So oh. uh, it got, you know, it got, and I think we we talked about a few weeks ago where you could do Taker and Styles and then Taker and Cena at Mania for the, for the title and Cena going for his 16th world title. Right. Um, because now <laughs> Ambrose is you know locked in with the Miz for the IC title um so yeah I mean like Dolph Ziggler is the number one contender for AJ Styles and that unfortunately in the universe we live in is not a Wrestlemania match that's gonna be a hell of a match though that I'm gonna gonna definitely love to watch yeah that's on Smackdown next week but they've done so much damage to Ziggler that you're you're just gonna watch it as a match not as a you know yeah yeah so I mean it's you know, it's on a decent path um, with everything going forward. I just think as we come to the end of the year, I don't know. I, I don't like sort of knowing, you know, what, what's going to lie uh, in the weeks ahead. I want more unpredictability, I guess. Let me ask you guys this. Do you guys see Kevin Owens or AJ Styles walking in with their titles at WrestleMania? Uh, either of them, both of them, or, or neither a- of them? AJ Styles and... Whew. I don't know because the whole Jericho thing. I don't. I think it's going to be Jericho versus Owens at Mania. No. Yeah, that's what I think. But I don't think it'll be for the belt though. He's already well dropped it by then. That could happen. Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of see them going with Reigns beating Owens at, at the Rumble. God. 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 <laughs> yep. We know how exciting that is when Reigns is the champion. Um, but you know yeah. when it's WrestleMania time, they always go with the the bigger name. So it's you know the top spots got Lesnar and Goldberg and Taker and Cena and 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 Reigns is kind of in that in that category. I don't mean to pack on him. I, I'm, I'm sure all the internet you know shows are like, oh yeah, Morgan hates Reigns. Yeah, he's the man. No, I'm not. I don't want to be like that guy that hates for no reason. I, I want to know something, Raj. Why do they like Reigns? Why do WWE like Reigns so much? As far as is, is he make merch, a lot of merchandise money for them more than Kevin Owens does? I don't. I don't understand why he's considered a bigger star than Kevin Owens is. Yeah, it's it, it's puzzling, right? Because it's not like he makes or a big AJ. big effect on house show attendance or merch. Um, I think he he does well, but not like better than Ambrose or any of those guys. So. I, you know what I honestly think is that Vince almost sees it as like it's him against the, the audience now. Like he's going to make this work because if he turns Roman Reigns heel, that means he lost. Because nothing else makes sense. Because with Cena, it makes sense why you don't turn him heel. He's done all this Make-A-Wish stuff. Uh, he, he makes a difference on TV and ratings and stuff like that. Reigns doesn't. makes no sense not to turn him. And uh, that's the only thing I can think of. And you know, I mean, you've met Vince, you know, you've worked with Vince. So what, what, what do you think? I, I, with my starting character, he verbatim, and I said to him, Mr. McMahon, don't you think that people are going to remember just six months earlier I didn't stutter? He's like, I tell them what to think. Yeah. You know, so, uh, yeah, I, I do. I could, I could see him thinking that way, definitely. I, I will say at live events, what I've noticed with Reigns, little kids and, and the, the mothers of little kids – Love Roman Reigns. You can hear like, it tonight. Yeah, you can hear no, it. Well, no, yeah, I mean, I hear it every time I've been to an event. There are like the you know, smarky fans, like whatever. But it's like the little kids like genuinely lose it for me. They, I don't see that for Ambrose. I don't see that for Rollins. I've hmm. only seen that for Roman Reigns at live events. That's a good answer. Okay. That might make sense as to why. I mean, he's got, a, he's got the look they like. You know, when I started, they liked the cookie cutter you know, jacked up wrestler that was in great shape. It was hopefully tall. You know what I mean? They, they like, they like that. Um, nowadays they're supposed to change, right? It's supposed to be size. Doesn't matter if you can go, that's what's supposed to matter. Roman has the million dollar look, you know, I could see why they would want to push him. I'm just wondering 
why to this extent and why over someone like an AJ or a KO is he perceived as the bigger star? I don't see how he's perceived as a bigger star more than AJ for sure. I don't understand that at all. Yeah, I think Ben sees Roman as standing out more. You know, like what he perceives as a bigger star, Roman is definitely more in that mold. And, you know, again, I think you turn him heel and you could have something there. I think he could be a huge star. Uh, I think they're just dropping the ball by not doing it. And there's no reason not to. One day it'll happen. Who do you think turns heel first, Cena or or Reigns? Oh, Reigns. (laughs) Cena, he's never turning heel. I'll say that right now. That's a shame. That's almost selfish. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if if WCW was around, I bet you Bischoff would have done it. You know, like if. That's such an opportunity to turn a business on its ear. You know, John Cena turned heel. Like he could, I hate to say that, but that could change the business to some degree. It's the right storyline. Because, you know, like with Hulk, like if Hulk had turned heel in WCW and joined the Dungeon of Doom, it wouldn't (laughs) have had the same effect, you know, as uh, having the the right angle. So uh, it's it's definitely got to be the right thing. Like real quick, is is, is John Tenta with with shark face paint on his face in this this, uh, Dungeon of Doom, yeah? And Hulk's, yeah, you get Hulk wearing the face paint too and doing the the shark sign. Yeah, oh, man. It's, it's got to be the right angle, is what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so with that in mind, this is our last Monday Night Raw podcast for 2016. We're going to be taking next Monday night off. Raj and I will be back this Wednesday for our SmackDown Live coverage for our last SmackDown Live podcast of 2016. And then we're going to take next week off for that as well. Um, Matt, before uh, we wrap things up here, any uh, final thoughts? Anything you want to plug or get in? Uh, nothing, guys. I've had a great year with you guys this year. It was very, very fun um learning each and every week as i go as far as uh trying to communicate with everybody from a fan's perspective now but what also trying to still give people a wrestler's eye view hope i did a good job hope you guys have enjoyed it uh fans at home watching this but guys i'm honestly uh very very proud to be on the team with you guys and it was very very fun look forward to it even better 2017 absolutely yeah you guys have been great and uh we had our biggest podcast ever uh was like last week or two weeks ago it was it was yeah. insane the number so uh thank you guys and and all the fans listening in we really appreciate it merry christmas to everyone and uh yeah thank you for a great 2016 yeah thanks to you guys for doing this every week matt i look forward to, to having these conversations each week because i get to answer every weird random question i want to know about what goes on behind the scenes in the business and raj uh, thanks for giving us the platform to do this so and of course thanks to listeners uh for tuning in if you like the show subscribe leave us a rating on itunes or a comment on youtube and until next time everybody i'm glenn rubenstein and i'll see you back here on the wrestling inc podcast take care